0: Hey, everyone. My
1: name is Sambul Siddiqui. And I'm Alana Mellon, and we are two new Cambridge City Councilors, and this is our weekly podcast, Women Are Here. So uh, this weekend, I had
0: a pretty lit weekend.
1: Um. <laughs> my son would be so embarrassed <laughs> if he heard you say that. <laughs> I
0: know. I shouldn't, shouldn't be using what these kids do. Like little use, kids little lit. say. So I watched this awesome uh, documentary. Well, it's a not a documentary. Okay,
1: you just described your weekend as lit, and you, now you're going to talk about how you watched a documentary. It, that's
0: that's what I did. I know, this is 31. Like I was <laughs>
1: expecting like some kind of like foam party in Ibiza mm-hmm. or something. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I wish! Oh my god, no. I These days I just watch <laughs> miniseries okay, and Okay, alright, So this miniseries uh, is called When They See Us. And so I don't want to spoil too much away, but the synopsis is basically the series is uh, inspired by the Central Park jogger case from 1989 when a 28-year-old female jogger named Tricia Mellie was attacked and raped in Central Park in New York City leaving her in a coma for 12 days and there were five juvenile males and the protagonists of the series four African American young men and one Latino young man who were convicted of the crimes by juries in two separate trials in 1990 so the convictions were subsequently vacated in 2002 which means uh, it's a legal position in which the parties are treated as though no trial has taken place.
1: So I watched the first episode last yeah. night. I was like yelling at my television. Yeah, I don't know if I can do this. Like I, I have, I,
0: I was so angry at that that lawyer lady, the prosecutor. Who's, yes, yeah, and the it, worst, the worst. Yeah, it just the series really highlights the the criminal justice system and the inherent uh, racism that exists. Uh, not only in the just the system itself, but the media and the way the media played this out and uh, the the coerced confessions that these young men were.
1: Well, that's the part gave. that I watched. And first of all, when you say young men, these were like boys. Boys. They were fourteen, fifteen, sixteen years old. It's outrageous. I didn't. I guess I didn't really realize that
0: they were that young. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it is mind, you you know, you're gonna be angry watching it and you're gonna just no, I was really sit angry. and just say, how did this happen? And the reality is, you know, I did this clinic at a, I didn't do this clinic, but I had friends who did this clinic, who um, the wrongful conviction clinic. Mm-hmm. And there are so many, mostly men of color yeah. who are, and women of color who are wrongly convicted and even sent to death row, right? So this well, right. is like this, pr- the, there's a ton of stories just like these young men. Um, I'm glad this is being highlighted. I've read some articles since then, and these men are. They talk about the doing this series. It did does bring back. They had like a trauma coach on the set. Well, I hope were, so. Where the the young men were, you know, with kind of the young actors and and watching them and so forth. Um, but yeah, watch it. It it
1: it's well, it's, it's a, very. Is it, is it Anna Duvernay? Yes. Yes. Um. So she does. Like, I was reading something this weekend that was saying that, um, which actually prompted me to watch it. Um, that this would never have gotten made if it wouldn't if it weren't for her. That she is just the driving force behind this, and she did, she's done a lot of really um, thought provoking yeah. p- plays and shows around race and bias and um, yeah. I it's not one of those. Did you watch the whole thing?
0: I've finished it.
1: See, I think I'm gonna have to do it like once a week because I like I'm still. Yeah. Really deeply profoundly upset about yeah. what I saw last
0: night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is a it's a intense uh miniseries but hi, I, you know it needs to be watched yep. and I hope everyone watches it uh but there was some uplifting stuff that I watched and it turns out you did too. Uh and everyone who's listening should watch as well. It's it's a movie on Netflix called Always Be My Maybe. It was so good. Right? I loved it. Um, it's, I loved
1: that it started off, well, go ahead.
0: Well, no, no, you, you saw it just recently. You I saw it, but day? like
1: with, as somebody who has some, a middle schooler right now, yeah. like to see their friendship start in like middle school and then mm-hmm. go through high school and then they be- fall in love and, um, the two characters in the movie kind of come back and forth at, out of each other's lives. And, um, they were just so young and so sweet and had their friendship and then like, the little girl
0: in the movie, I know, so cute. So cu- they're both so cute. So it stars Ali Wong, who is just this hilarious stand-up comedian. You have to watch her specials on Netflix. And Randall Park, who's also he's on Fresh Off the Boat. Oh, he's that's why. I really knew him. Okay, yeah. And so it, it's a really it's directed by actually um, a Iranian, I think, director. Oh, and what's great about this film, it is I think Ali Wong was very intentional about the cast. Mm-hmm. Um and she did cast someone you love, Keanu Reeves. Yeah, plays like a like a hilarious <laughs>
1: love interest, and he walks into the restaurant, and like <laughs> the music starts going, and his it's like slow motion, and his hair is everywhere, and everyone like in the restaurant turns around and looks, and like you do realize that like, I mean, for me, Keanu Reeves was the ultimate heartthrob through like my formative years.
0: Really? Yes. Wow. Like I Point no idea. Break. I don't know what that is. Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. I, you, I can't believe you've never seen Point Break. So Point Break it. is, Keanu Reeves, that's where <laughs> I, like, fell hard for him. Like, it a in love story?
0: Lo- no. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> He's, like, an undercover FBI officer who goes undercover to, to bust a surfing bank robbery ring. Okay. Are you with me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Anyways, I must have seen that movie a thousand times. I love him. I love him so okay, much. Okay,
0: maybe I'll do that
1: tonight. <laughs> no. I, yeah, I saw it this weekend and he. Wa- I didn't realize that he was like the love address. And then he plays himself, which is the funniest it's, part. That's the funniest thing. That's,
0: that's the, funniest funniest the best part. part. Wow. Okay, Point Break is that? What's that called? Point Break. Okay. All right. New movie. Is it even on? Patrick Swayze is in Oh, it? I do love Patrick Swayze. Ghost. Oh, my he God. He plays <laughs> the leader of the surfer.
1: Bank robbery gang. It's the best. Okay. All right. It is the best.
0: You know, I'm sorry I haven't seen it.
1: I well, I mean, keanu Reeves is in many, many movies. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure was where like I have like in high school fell in love with him. I have to see that
0: too. What about what's that movie where he like The Matrix? I didn't even see The Matrix, y'all. I know. I don't know where I live. I didn't see The Matrix. What is happening? <laughs> oh. He's very hot in the Matrix. Is he? Yeah. Okay, maybe I'll watch The Matrix, yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, here we are. <laughs>
1: Cambridge, 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 focus. <laughs> <laughs> so this weekend was fun. We went to the Cambridge Arts River Festival on Saturday. It was the 40th anniversary of the festival. And this year came back to my favorite, Central Square. Um, and there were so many people here. I couldn't believe how many people were here. So many. Tons of food, The f- like the so many performances. And there were so many kids here. And it was just a really, really great day. And it was nice to see Central Square like alive and popping. And there was also like a a football game happening so there was like a ton of yeah. people who was really excited about like what it's soccer or something <laughs> anyway there was just a lot of people in central square and then there was a ton of people there for the um the mermaid parade so that was really fascinating to me i guess the original um, started in Coney Island and it's the nation's largest art parade and one of New York City's greatest summer events so I guess we're trying to start our own so I saw tons of people dressed as mermaids and mermen and I guess we had a mayor
0: <laughs> that was funny leading
1: the parade so um, it was really good for our local uh, small businesses and merchants here in Central Square they had a big Saturday so yeah Congrats to the Cambridge Arts Council and um, for putting this on and bringing it back to Central Square. It was awesome. It was really fun. I took my
0: mom and she was like, oh, my God, this is... Oh, I saw her. Yeah, I saw yeah, her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, we did from each other. That's funny, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, next year, everyone who missed it this year should go. So, Monday. So, we had a council meeting on Monday. It actually went by fairly quickly. Yep, I got out before it was late. Yep, but... it was great. So, some of the things that came back, there was a... Uh, Letter from the city manager uh, in response to a a policy order that was filed regarding the possibility of setting up an assistance fund uh, or some kind of program to help low-income elderly and disabled tenants manage bed bug infestations. And so the city's manager stated that uh, right now at this point, the city should work on obtaining additional data regarding the nature and scope of bed bug infestations in Cambridge prior to establishing any particular fund or program uh, the city just has some resources on bedbugs, and they want to, uh, you know, gather further data to see how infestations affect property owners and what the er- era dictate What is it called? Era-, era. I can't say the word. Eradication. 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 And te- eradicating Oh my god! <laughs> my friends make so much fun of me for just not knowing how to read. (laughs) Um, My friend Sushi is going to laugh at this so hard. Uh, And techniques will increase the utility of any fund or program that is going to be established. So, you know, I talked a little bit about how it is important that we try to, we gather this data. And in particular, the cases that I've heard about, you've heard about, the mayor's heard about, they're happening in some of our affordable housing. Mm -hmm. And I think some of our private property owners uh, are maybe... It can react to some of these infestations much faster, much quicker much quicker, and so we really should be tracking the the type of property owners that and the cases that uh, that are occurring. And more importantly, I think people don't know that they can call inspectional inspectional services mm-hmm. to, to even you know file.
1: I mean, I've been saying for the whole time that I've been on the council that we should be requiring in any lobby. Yep of any building that has multiple units, the name and phone number of inspectional services, and that you can call for anything. I just don't think many people know that you can, the city has a whole department dealing with this kind of thing. And they're very responsive.
0: So responsive. Uh, And so I I hope that we can gather this data and come up with something because it is, the costs are significant. But I
1: think that the social costs for people and the the emotional cost is really really hard we um you know when i was working in the mayor's office this was like one of the number one things that people called us about right other than actually just trying to obtain housing was bed bugs and you know people are they can't have people over and their kids have to worry about not having their friends over and it's just it's it's a very very difficult emotional thing and it does take a lot A long time to get rid of them sometimes especially if you don't act on them quickly and it can take a significant amount of financial resources that a
0: lot of these folks don't have so um yeah so i'm hoping hopeful that we'll figure something out even if it takes as stuff does uh uh, quite a long time but Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. what are the things that we can do in the meantime and some of someone mentioned uh, you know there are organizations that provide uh, furniture that they can use so many people have to throw out things and uh so they're, you know, even the people have to do so many loads of laundry and don't,
1: yeah. you know, don't and you have don't, the, and they don't have washers and dryers. Right. In they their don't unit, have yeah. in their
0: units. So it, it, it is, it's just not right. And so uh, we we talked to about that. You had an order that I yeah, co-sponsored. Well, yes. Um, so we've been talking a lot about the affordable
1: housing overlay here on this podcast and in the city. It's a proposal to relax zoning um, for for um, for projects that are a hundred percent affordable. And we have been having a lot of conversations. And we actually talked to Congresswoman Presley last week um, when she was here on this podcast to really talk about how to have these conversations in a meaningful way so people feel like they're engaging. And we have currently, up to this point, had five housing committee hearings um, where you know, city councilors and staff talk to one another, and then the public kind of talks to us and tells us their thoughts. But there hasn't been a lot of free flow of information and dialogue when people just have specific questions. Um, and so I wanted to provide an opportunity um, to be doing that while we're having our ordinance committee hearings so that we can also kind of hear back from the public and incorporate some of their comments and concerns while we're looking at the zoning to make sure that it's the right fit for Cambridge. So um, the the policy order was essentially that the community development department put together a series of community neighborhood meetings where they will have local experts and, and different folks at the uh, meetings. There'll be childcare. They'll be in the evenings or on the weekends. And um, you know, I really think that we need to be mindful and cognizant that there are are certain people that feel very comfortable coming to City Hall and into the Sullivan Chamber and speaking into a microphone about how, what they think or the questions that they Red. have, but. That's a small subset of our population that feels comfortable, has the time. I mean, some of those hearings, you have to wait two and a half hours to even just get up and have your three minutes. There's not a lot of people that have that kind of time, and they do have significant questions. So I wanted to make sure that there was an opportunity um, for them to have those questions answered and have them out in the neighborhoods, and you know, provide childcare and um, in general and make it easier and more accessible uh, for them to obtain some of the information that they are looking for and in, in, in terms of this proposal but also as a vehicle to kind of actually get more um information back from residents rather than i do feel like we have had a few meetings where i do feel like we're just hearing from the same group of people so yeah. um Thank you for co-sponsoring that, and to Denise and Mark also for for co-sponsoring that. And then it sounds like those will start getting planned pretty pretty quickly yeah. because our first ordinance committee hearing on this is July second.
0: So yeah, it's coming up. Coming so I up. I think they're they're coming out with a series of dates. Great. Very soon. Yeah. So I also had a order in about uh, Jerry's Pond uh, and area landscape improvements, and so I had submitted this with a few other councilors, including the vice mayor. To talk a little bit about uh, how I love the city, to work with the MBTA to make uh, some improvements, including removing dead trees and planting others, and installing benches and potentially information kiosk about the pond's history, Jerry's Pond, also known as Jerry's Pit. And so, uh, we had a few people come out and uh, from the neighborhood group that I've uh, been working with, the Friends of Jerry's Pond and um uh, and North Cambridge together uh and they came and talked a little bit about why this is so important and for me it is about making that area just nicer yeah and i've already i put in some orders where we've uh, there's been a lot of household trash that gets put in some of the bins uh, near the bus stop in that area and so installing new big belly bins and other bins in some high trafficked areas to kind of lessen some of the trash
1: especially during the summer because that gets so used um because the pool is there exactly and the baseball field so exactly making sure people feel like they're going to a nice clean park across the street or down the street
0: i think it's important yeah so i've been working with dbw on that and so um yeah i'm excited to see what we can come up with here and how we can make some landscape improvements
1: i liked the idea of putting up some informational signage because i mean if i wasn't on the city council i don't think i would know anything about that place and because you've brought it up so many times and have been so focused on it i've been able to kind of do my own like research but i think it'd be so nice to have something there where people will walk by and say oh what is this place yeah
0: and people love to read so (laughs) why not (laughs) people do love to read so that was monday night
1: yeah. Um, we also, we went to my favorite event. One of my favorite events that happens hands down by far is the high school extension program graduation, which happened on um, Tuesday night. It is the most uplifting graduation because yeah. it is it is high school seniors um, who, you know, didn't quite fit in at the high school for whatever reason. It wasn't right for them. Um, they had some troubles and it is a small school. There was fourteen graduates. Um, but they all have like amazing stories And the keynote speaker that got up. I was like, there wasn't a dry eye in the she house. She was
0: it was she was she was crying. We were I was crying you know,
1: we were she crying. She was just so open about her her experience and how she had such a hard time at the high school and fell into a kind of a, a crowd where she, you know wasn't doing some of the things she needed to do. And then she finally like turned it around and with the staff over there and really, I don't know.
0: I was just like, she'll man. Be, she'll be entering as a sophomore at Northeastern yes. University in 2020. Yeah. And it's amazing.
1: It's amazing. And so like congratulations to all the high school extension program graduates. And we are actually going to the high school, the Cambridge Green <laughs> Latin graduation tonight.
0: That's our life. We'll be on the stage <laughs> for about That's uh, June. Remember last year? Yeah. And I was in there with my boot Mm-hmm. I was just sitting there. It was just brutal. That was brutal. Although anyway. it's,
1: it was very hot last year. This year is at least nicer. It's inside though. It's inside, but it, there's no air conditioning in the field house. That's true. It was just very hot. I remember it just being really
0: hot. Oh, God. And I remember
1: being in the back. Well, if you want to watch us, it'll be on TV. <laughs> well, you won't be able to see us. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. So also Wednesday night, we had a health and environment committee um, public hearing to discuss the proposed... Uh, again, speaking of the 100% affordable housing. Oh, it housing. was Tuesday night. Tuesday it was right night. It after the graduation. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, what day is today? Yeah. It was right after the graduation. Um, so we discussed the affordable housing overlay as it related to the tree canopy, open space, green space, and stormwater management. Um, it was an interesting hearing. It was difficult. And yes. Um, and I think there was a few things that I kind of walked away from it feeling like um one of the things so it was our community development department and also our department of public works sort of answering our questions around what are the environmental impacts of what we're proposing in the zoning um and one of the things i thought was really interesting is um erin Farouk from a cdd was talking about how our current affordable housing builders are kind of a beacon of energy efficiency and talking about the concord highlands project out um on concord avenue which is now going to be a ton of affordable housing units over 90 i can't remember yeah um In that what they had to do for stormwater mitigation because they're in the floodplain, and how they're trying to um, do some energy efficiency over there it's really impressive, and I think that our affordable housing builders are really committed to this. I think the process, I think what people really don't, maybe aren't fully understanding, is that this zoning doesn't take any of those environmental concerns out of what we're expecting and requiring of um, affordable housing builders. So that was a really interesting thing. And then one of the things that Owen O'Reardon, who's our, dep- our commissioner of the Department of Public Works, said, And he kind of called out that because of the nature um, of the community in affordable housing buildings is that it's kind of like social housing and creates that social resiliency that we always talk about needing in the face of mitigating future climate events. I mean, we've had a ton of conversations about how we create that social and neighborhood resiliency to come together in a time of if there's a flood or if there's a significant um, climate event. And so, you know, I think thinking about that and thinking about how um, we can really be thinking about the social resiliency and climate resiliency and having the conversation together. We're currently having a very binary conversation, especially uh, on Tuesday night, we were having a very binary conversation about trees versus housing. And I think it's possible to be talking about both of those At the same time, but the way that we're having this stratified conversation and having this zero sum kind of game is it makes those of us who are pro housing for vulnerable residents seem anti environment and those of us who are pro environment seem anti vulnerable residents. So it's very unproductive. um, And it makes it very challenging to be having these conversations. And it reminded me of what Ayanna said last week. Talking about how we have to be move out of this scarcity mindset when we have these larger conversations, and that sometimes, without meaning to, there's this her- hierarchy of hurt that's being perpetuated, and that it doesn't advance the conversation in any way.
0: Yeah, and it almost makes me feel like there should be a Dr. Amante involved or some facilitator who can discuss, because because it's coming out the way it's coming out, and it did feel Tuesday. It's either your poor environment pro-housing yeah and and the way people each of us is saying things how that comes across and um and even saying look this is when you say this this is what it feels like right uh and which is a really hard thing to say right right in front of a lot of people and live (laughs) right (laughs) yeah right Right. and to be articulated about it but it it is something i'm hoping in some of these further uh meetings that we have and I think maybe it'll be a little bit easier to talk about it but right now it it, it is to your point binary and we you know we did hear some public comment it, it went there were, there were supporters there's eight not that many people there well, was I think there were like six there was six people yeah which, which I, I think yeah. no one really knew what was happening yeah yeah and again that goes back to our meetings and the the issue of who has
1: time to come on on Tuesday night and and talk about
0: and notice too and getting sure. that yeah, yeah. information yeah. out? Um, anyway, I think this this topic we're gonna keep having to discuss it, and I do hope that we can come to a point where we can have a discussion where there is not a hierarchy a hurt, and it's a productive conversation.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know, I think I said that pretty clearly on tuesday night that it it is my sincere hope that we are able to have this conversation in a way that yeah doesn't put one person yeah. in this camp and one person in this camp and then every no one feels good right when that happens right i am pro environment i am i am very interested in making sure that we have a climate resilient absolutely city That but the way that you know, it's like an either-or, right? An either or it's an either-or, and that is actually not how anything works. So exactly, exactly.
0: Anyway, so that was our end of our committee hearings for this week. Uh, we, um, uh, you know, we've, we we will be ending our week tonight sometime, but we do have a few more. We won't be ending our week. What am I saying? We have a lot of other events this. Yeah, weekend. this weekend is really busy. Ooh, it's 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 going to be a packed weekend. We have the 30th annual Cambridge Pride brunch. At Yay, City Hall. Yay, the Saturday. It's at 9, uh, so there's going to be food and entertainment and there's going to be a brief award ceremony and immediately following the end of the parade Brunch, a bus will depart from the Cambridge City Hall to Boston for anyone interested in attending and Congresswoman Clark will be attending the breakfast too. And then um, Ayanna Presley is going to be at the parade, but she's actually not marching. She's not marching because of her foot. foot or uh, ACL. Her ACL. So but you yeah, and you're going. I'm taking. I'm, I've signed up to take some eighth graders,
1: <laughs> uh, my son and some friends of his. I, you know, I think it's important to go and totally. Um, they had their their um, I can't remember. It's not the Gay Straight Alliance anymore. It's called the LGBTQ. No, it's oh, called oh, the GSA, but it's not. Those aren't the acronym. Not they, Project
0: 10 East. <laughs> no, That's they're trying, a high school. It's a
1: more inclusive acronym, and I'm not remembering what the thing is. But they had their breakfast this morning. You know, like the oh they were, good our middle schoolers are like and high schoolers are very very involved and inclusive and they're you know they're they're activists when it comes to this stuff so I wanted to provide them an opportunity to go over to Boston and and march with Ayanna's group and and
0: it'll be fun it'll be fun and it's so different from even just 10 years ago
1: (laughs) that's what um, Susan Fleischman was saying when I walked in Um, we're talking about it the executive director here at CCTV and how it's so different now
0: yeah so it's great we also have the Middlesex County gun buyback event on Saturday. It's from 9 to 12. There's two locations, Reservoir Church. Uh, that's at 170 there in Jav and Pentecostal Tabernacle at 77 Columbia Street. So in the past four years, Cambridge has collected over 150 guns. That's a lot. Yeah. Uh, so gift certificates will be given as incentives for guns to be turned in. And kids in previous years have gotten and received tuscanini's gift cards for toy guns. So <laughs> I I don't...
1: I. Didn't see that they would get them this year, and I don't know if that's because Toscanini is is the they currently closed down here. But um, I didn't want to say that they would. But I, previous years they have gotten. I'm, I'm assuming they're going to do something for the kids to be turning in toy guns. Um, also Saturday from nine to one, all you people who have hazardous waste at your house and um, you want to get rid of it. Um, 9 to 1 at Danahy Park on the Field Street lot um, will be the Household Hazardous Waste Collection Day for Cambridge residents. So if you have paint or stain or anything like that um, that needs to be thrown away safely, um, please join us this Saturday from 9 to 1.
0: And a call about participatory budgeting. You can submit ideas until July 31st uh, and it's our sixth cycle of participatory budgeting. And so please, uh, you know, come and help us shape the capital projects on the ballot in the citywide PB election in December. So here this year, we're, it's the city setting aside $1 million for projects to improve the community. So you have to submit online at pb.cambridge.gov or by contacting the budget office at 617-349-4270 you can also just uh, just yeah use the email that's if that's easier for you
1: i just want to correct you it's it's online at pb.cambridgema.gov oh that's for right for all
0: you people that ran to your computers
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> i always forget the ma um, <laughs> All the people running, you <laughs> know, like right? running. Like, 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 oh, let me my god. oh my listening. god, I'm never gonna
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> so Sunday, the firefighters memorial service is taking place at the Cambridge Cemetery. Um, at the procession will be forming at 9 a.m. at the main gate and proceed to the firefighters memorial at 9:15, And the memorial service is at 9 30. Vice Mayor Deborah and I went to this last year, and it's a really beautiful event. Um, and a m- remembrance of our you know our fallen firefighters
0: are you going I believe that I am going great yeah I'm going to try to make it I couldn't last year
1: it's a beautiful cemetery so Mount Auburn gets tons of props because it's gorgeous but I I would say that the Cambridge Cemetery particularly back where the firefighters memorial is it's beautiful it's really beautiful
0: so finally the Cambridge Arts is partnering with Pemberton Farms to showcase and sell art created by local artists so art will be exhibited at 2225 Mass Ave uh, and there will be also uh, some artist workshops uh, demonstrating the artist process happening as well. And community supported art is modeled on CSA farm shares. Cool.
1: And I was just at Pemberton Farms last weekend. They have an amazing selection of like plants to Ooh. decorate your like your windowsills and your <gasps> front porch. I need to
0: decorate, de- decorate my deck.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They have tons of stuff. Have you ever been there to do that? They have no. like really nice stuff.
0: I've I've been the, remember very helpful. A, staff. I think I've gotten a sandwich, but <laughs> I haven't really been there for anything else.
1: Well, they they sell a ton of wine now too. Okay, you can get so many things. You can get community supported art. You can get your herbs and your flowers, and also a sandwich and wine.
0: You know what? Thanks Pemberton have, Farms. Thank you. I do have like a Pemberton Farms uh, card, like um, like that, a gift card. Not a gift. I wish. <laughs> you know what to get me next year. <laughs> um, no, it's. It's a card that you can click off for sandwiches.
1: So, so you went one time to get a sandwich. <laughs> yeah, and you're still carrying around that card. You never know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. I'm that person who whips out. Oh, I have. <laughs> Anyway. they're like, we don't even have that card anymore. It's from 12 years ago. Life Alive did that to me once. I was like, "Uh, no, you're going to honor this. Anyway, we hope you have a great weekend. We hope
1: you have a great weekend. We hope to see you at some of these events. Um, If you love this podcast, please feel free to share it with your friends. Tweet, Facebook, Instagram, live, whatever. Um, Definitely share with your friends because we love... Um, letting more people know about what's going on here in Cambridge. And if you have anything that you'd like to talk to us about, please tweet at us. I'm at A-M-M-A-L-L-O-N. And I'm
0: at S-U-M-B-U-L-S-I-D-D. And we will see you next week. Yeah. Bye. Bye.